Picking up where we left off yesterday, if the Mariners actually signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto, could they trade Logan Gilbert for offense instead of Bryce Miller or Brian Wu? Talk about that and more coming up here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. This is Tidding as all. and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-D-O-N to get yourself started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. New episode dropping later today. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode. So, on the uh, on the show today, we're going to follow up our Yoshinobu Yamamoto discussion from yesterday's episode with an interesting hypothetical in the event the Mariners do sign him. We're also going to talk about Ray's third baseman, Isak Paredes, as a fit for the Mariners. Jeff Passan mentioned him as a possibility in an article on ESPN Plus a couple of days ago. And we're also going to talk about Ty France and Driveline. Because I know Colby is very, very, very excited to talk about that. Very excited to talk about driveline and how that's going to fix Ty France, of course. Um, <laughs> we're going to start here, though. Um, we're going to pick up where we left off with our Yamamoto discussion from yesterday. And we're going to talk about something that I wanted us to talk about yesterday, but we just didn't have the time to go over. Uh, we touched upon the general idea towards the end of the show yesterday that you know, what does Yamamoto signing Yamamoto do for you? Uh, how does that impact the rest of your offseason? How does that impact how you approach the rest of your heavy lifting this offseason? Uh, and the uh, most obvious answer, right, is to is that you would end up trading, you know, Bryce Miller or Brian Wu for the bat or bats that you need uh, and address your offensive needs that way. Um, but we didn't mention the possibility of trading. Logan Gilbert. We talked about Gilbert in the context of, you know, he's probably the fourth best pitcher in a rotation that features Yamamoto. But yeah, what if, what if you just traded Logan Gilbert to try and maximize the return, to maximize the bat or bats that you get back in a deal? Because I mean, there's there's no denying that Logan Gilbert is far more valuable than Bryce Miller and, and Brian Wu are, right? Because we're talking about and establish i've already talked about at length over the last few weeks about how valuable young controllable starting pitching is from the perspective of Wu and miller but gilbert's a whole nother animal because he's also affordable controllable and he's an established top 20 top 30 pitcher in all of baseball we don't really see anyone like logan gilbert with that kind of club control traded Ever. So, Colby, do you think there's a fit out there for Gilbert? If, like, because, like, let's just pretend here for a second that the Bears do sign Yamamoto, that they have signed Yamamoto. Are you open to the possibility of trading Gilbert? Or is the 
potential of having one of the greatest rotations we've seen in a long time just too good for you to pass up on yeah um you know i'm certainly willing to listen on gilbert but really only if i sign yamamoto like if they miss yamamoto and they sign snell i'm not interested in trading logan gilbert like uh yamamoto is the only guy for me that puts gilbert legitimately on the block because what do you trade him for like we, we there's no comp for logan gilbert none that we can find an established all-star quality pitcher who has cy young upside with four years of club control who's still in his you know in his mid-20s and and he's just starting to make money right now um guy doesn't really exist i mean i guess the closest is jose quintana a few years ago um but he wasn't as good as gilbert when when he was trading he didn't have the upside of gilbert either so even that deal doesn't make a lot of sense and again if you're the mariners you're not interested in trading gilbert for top prospects you're looking for major league impact right now so go find that guy like maybe it's luis robert jr but okay if it is how does that help the White Sox when the White Sox would probably rather have Robert? So you kind of get into this range where like Gilbert is either way too valuable to trade him for Bo Bichette is a guy who's been thrown around a lot lately. Like Gilbert's way more valuable than Bo Bichette. That, that's a non-starter. Um, but is he, you know, I, I think he's more valuable than somebody like Ozzy Albies, but is he as valuable as like Ronald Acuna Jr.? No. So yeah. there's a, there's a middle ground between like the four win players and the elite players but those guys aren't also aren't available uh, as often, you know, in trade uh, all that often. And it's still you have to match up, you know, with position and and skill set and and ballpark and all that stuff. So there's maybe two or three players that you could trade a one for one Logan Gilbert trade for. I just can't find out who they are. Um, yeah. And if you're not doing a two for one, you are you're not doing a one for one. You have to pretty much nail the entire return. Like, are the Cardinals willing to go? Paul Goldschmidt and Brendan Donovan and, you know, Ryan Helsley. Cause if they are, then we can talk if they're not like, I'm not giving you Logan Gilbert for Brendan Donovan straight up. No, like no. So it, it's just one of those things where it's like, you have to find the team that has excess players that you want, who also are willing to pay that freight for Logan Gilbert. There's maybe two or three teams that, that fit that criteria. And there's maybe, two or three players in the entire game that are as valuable in the trade market as Logan Gilbert without, you know, getting up into the superstar range. So it's a really tight fit. Um, you know, St. Louis could still be in play there, but again, are they going to do Donovan and Goldschmidt? Cause I think that's what it takes. Like I'm not like maybe Jordan Walker, maybe, but that's a yeah. risk for Seattle because Walker really hasn't proven a ton at the big league level either. So, and he's a first base only. It's just tough. There's not a there's not a, an easy trade here, and and you know whatever you're thinking, like you the like if you're thinking, oh maybe we can get Randy Arozarena and Harold Ramirez for him. That it? That really what you're gonna trade Logan Gilbert for? A two and a half three win left fielder and and a a one win DH coming off a career year? Like that's what you can get for Logan Gilbert? You would probably rather just keep him. So plus I could yeah. get Harold Ramirez for a lot less. So. Just find me the deal that makes any sense. And I'm I'm listening, but like I think Gilbert, because of his position, his age, his track record already, and his remaining upside plus club control, there's probably only a handful, maybe a dozen players that make yeah. any sense for a one for one swap of Logan Gilbert. 
Yeah, I just don't think that this particular market lines up well for a Gilbert trade. I just, like you, I don't see an obvious fit there. Because, like, again, he's probably not enough to get you Luis Robert. Definitely not enough to get you Ronald Acuna or anything like that. But I also don't want to trade him for the Randy or Rosarenas of the world. And if the Rays are like, we're not going to trade you Randy for Bryce Miller plus, but we'll do it for Logan Gilbert, I'm probably out on Randy at that point. Like, Because mm-hmm. to me, Logan Gilbert, four years of Logan Gilbert, at a much more premium position than a corner outfield spot. Like that's it's a non-starter for me. Like that's especially when I'm I'm also sacrificing a year of club control in that regard with Randy on top of yep. the fact that he plays a less important position and is also not good defensively at that position, <laughs> right? Like I mean, you want to talk glass now, a Rosarena and something pretty good we can have a conversation, but at that point yeah. it doesn't make sense for the Rays. Like, right. So, yeah. So that's kind of the other aspect, right? Is like, would you trade for a player like Brandy or Rose arena? If there is a mid rotation starter at far less club control attached to him, like glass now, right? One or year Savali. glass now three or yeah, two years, it's two years of Savali, I think. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. So like one year of glass now or two years of Savali attached to three years of a Rose arena. Would you do that? Probably not. Yeah, it's just there there isn't a perfect fit. I, I do think that there will come a time where we legitimately have a discussion about trading Logan Gilbert. I just don't think this is the off season. I think it's at the earliest next winter. I don't even yeah. foresee a scenario where it makes sense to trade him at the deadline this year. So I think at the earliest yeah. it's next winter and he's going to retain pretty much all of his value. Like, is he more valuable with four years of club control than three? In theory, yes. But what if he takes another step forward? Yeah, then, yeah, because because again, we're we're talking about an already established top twenty, top thirty pitcher in all of baseball mm-hmm. who hasn't missed a single start since he made his debut in May of twenty twenty one. All these years have kind of blended together, <laughs> um, and uh, he's gotten better every single year, every step of the way. And like this year, you know, he adds the splitter, and that unlocks like a new dimension for him. Um, you know, what else is he going to be able to add to to his game or refine in his game that that takes him to another? Because I don't think we've seen the the finished product of Logan Gilbert. I said this during our our report card series. Like I, I'm very excited about the future of Logan Gilbert. I don't want to give that up, you know. And I don't, and I don't want to because like, look, the Mariners need to get better offensively, absolutely, unequivocally, like have to, no excuses about that, but. You can only be so desperate to add that offense. And, like, it, it, you know, if the Razor jingling the shiny keys in front of you, that is Randy or Rosarena, but they're saying we want Logan Gilbert for that. I just, I, 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 I can't justify that. I can't justify it at all. I'm pretty sure I could get Harold Ramirez and Manny Margot uh, from the Rays for a lot less, probably without Miller or Wu also. And I would rather do that than give up Gilbert. Yeah. Um, just to get Randy. So, all right, let's talk about uh, a player that definitely uh, the Mariners will not be trading Logan Gilbert for, uh, Isak Paredes. But maybe they'll trade oh. Bryce Miller or Brian Wu. Oh God, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to tempt fate here. Uh, <laughs> do not trade Logan Gilbert for Isak Paredes. That's all I'm saying, Jerry. I know you watch. I know you're watching the show right now. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, pal. Don't trade him 
for Eastside Paredes. We're going to talk about Paredes in just a second. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Lockdown Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. And the Mariners might not be playing right now, but the Kraken and Seahawks are. So whether the action is on turf or on the ice, whether it's Jared McCann or Gino Smith, you can bet on it all with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. And as a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. And as we said yesterday, we are no longer doing the question of the day at the end of the show. We're now doing it here in the middle part of the show because we're doing premieres now on YouTube. We got a live chat going on. What's up, guys? Um... So, by the way, you in the comments right there, you're wrong. Right. Sure. Unless Uh, you agreed with me, then you're right. 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 Um, So question of the day for you guys. Uh, We asked you guys yesterday about merch. Let's stick with the uh, the clothing theme here. Who has the best uniforms of all Seattle sports teams? So Seahawks, Mariners, Kraken. Yeah. And if there's a specific uniform, like not just the like throwbacks that they're wearing tomorrow yeah yeah Ooh, crack, good cracking, luck cracking away mm-hmm. sweaters or fire mm-hmm. uh mariners sunday sunday creams mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so steelheads unis so oh yeah uh mm-hmm. and we'll throw the sounders in there we'll throw the storm in there we'll throw yeah. the huskies in there we'll throw them all in there so just yeah, you want to throw the sonics in there that's fine too yeah throw the last sonics uniforms and in, in, in there before they unfortunately were ripped away from us stolen uh yeah yeah so uh jeff passan in an article on espn plus a couple days ago uh wrote about 10 interesting teams i forget exactly what the the premise of it was uh but he uh he wrote essentially what the ideal offseason move would be for these teams and for the rays he mentioned a uh potential match there between tampa and a team that just traded their third baseman as uh maybe a fit for isak paredes uh he said that the uh the perfect move for the mariners or for the rays rather would be to trade isak paredes to the mariners for one of their pitchers i would assume that's miller Wu. he did not name one of those guys uh, but i would assume that would be for miller Wu. hopefully not logan gilbert like i said so colby there are a lot of people on mariners twitter and just on the mariners fandom in general that i've seen that really like the idea of isak paredes but I don't think it's as much of a slam dunk as a lot of people do. And I think you're in agreement with me on that. Uh, So why is that? First of all, don't ever presume that I agree with you on anything. You do that. Um, You do that. But in this particular case, yes, I do. Not that you would know. There we go. Uh, Just because 
there are some legitimate concerns about Paredes's batted ball profile, which also mm-hmm. leads me to believe that the Mariners might not be all that interested in Isak. Uh, yep. He doesn't hit the ball hard, which is something the Mariners typically value. Uh, now mm-hmm. they're kind of doing a course correction thing where last year all they cared about was average exit velo, and that's great. You know, when you hit the ball consistently, and, and the Mariners didn't last year, so they're kind of doing this mm-hmm. course correct thing and. In that regard, Paredes makes a lot of sense because he's 88th percentile in whiff rate. He was 74th percentile in strikeout rate, 72nd percentile in walk rate. He had a good year last year. Nobody is denying that. The issue is, is that his power is 100% pull power. Uh, he does not have opposite field power. Right-handed bats who hit a lot of fly balls, which Paredes does, tend not to not tend not to play that well at T-Mobile Park, particularly early. Uh, in the season. So you look at the bat, you look at the the spray chart where the home runs are, they're all to left field. None of them even get to left center field. Uh, they're all to left to, uh, okay, there's like two in left center field, but they're all to left. High fly ball guy uh, doesn't make hard contact consistently, mm-hmm. but he doesn't strike out relative to the rest of the league. He doesn't swing and miss, you know, relative to just about everybody. Mm-hmm. And he drew walks last year. So, and he hit 31 home runs at the end of the day, you know, 31 is 31, but typically speaking, this profile is not one that leads to a lot of success in Seattle. Um, you think of the right-handed hitters who have come in and, and hit for power, you know, with the Mariners, Nelson Cruz, bit of a different animal, you know, borderline hall of famer, just hit line drives, uh, that, that got out of the ballpark in a hurry. And, you know, we saw uh gino do it one year his first year in seattle uh but his second year there were a lot of fly balls to the warning track uh, particularly early in the year so uh paredes also not a guy with tremendous bat speed which is a concern that the mariners had with gino suarez and it was a concern with enough people around the league that he went for far less than we assumed he would yep but we know that there were scouts and you know front offices who were legitimately concerned that gino had fallen off a cliff and the bat speed was gone, and this is just who he was. So, right, uh, Paredes kind of, kind of falls into that same boat where he doesn't hit the ball that hard. He's an extreme fly ball hitter, an extreme fly ball pull hitter, whose bat speed is you know questionable at best. There are some concerns here with Paredes. He's also a guy who's really only done this, you know, once in his entire career. Now, it's his first year as like a, a full time. Uh, player. It's first year he's gotten 500 plate appearances, but is he going to repeat 31 home runs? Particularly if you take him out of Tropicana, which is an indoor stadium, and you yep. put him in Seattle early in the year, is he going to repeat the 31 home runs? Is he going to repeat the 98 RBI? Um, you know, with his exit velos, with his ex woba, with all the stats that say he's kind of ballpark dependent. I don't think so. I don't think he's that guy. So. Um, I could be wrong. He's only 24 years old, but bats right. typically don't get don't get faster uh, as you age. So unless you're JP Crawford, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I guess maybe Freitas should just go to driveline and everything's fixed. But right. um, tease for the next segment. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Paredes, yeah. Like you feel really good. He's going to walk. He's going to put the ball in play. He's not going to strike mm-hmm. out. And there is absolutely there's power there. Like there there's no no denying that. He's just never hit the ball hard. He's never hit for, you know, his contact number suggests that there's really not a 30 home run profile in there, but he did last year. Can he do it again? Sure. Could he do it again in Seattle? 
I have severe doubts about that. Yeah, if he's playing 81 of his games in Seattle, I'm I'm concerned. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you pretty much summed up my thoughts on Paredes uh, perfectly there. Um, True Media is a great data platform. Not many people have access to it. We were fortunate enough to have access to the NFL version of it for a while when we were writing about the Seahawks over at SI. Um, but not a lot of people have access to it. They should make that more accessible to the general public, in my opinion. Um, but I'm fortunate enough to know someone that does have access to the MLB version of True Media, and they have they're one of the few platforms that actually track bat speed. And Paredes finished in the bottom 10th percentile of bat speed in baseball um, this past year. So obviously much younger than than Gino, but streets are saying that big reason they traded Gino is because they believe the bat is cooked, right? Like bat speed went down. They don't think that he's going to get that back. It's just, it would be weird for them to trade Gino because of bat speed issues, or at least partly because of bat speed issues. Then make a relatively big trade. Cause again, this is going to probably take Miller or Wu and most likely Miller in this case to get Paredes. Mm -hmm. It would just be weird to trade an asset like that for a guy that has bat speed issues. And you have no reason to really feel confident in being able to produce at T-Mobile Park, right? The way that you probably need him to. Um, it's it's a lot tougher to hit the ball hard when you have a slow bat. And yeah, I'm still operating under the assumption the Mariners care about average exit velo and and you know hard hit rate and and all that stuff that they cared about last year. By the way, fun note on this tie as I'm mm-hmm. perusing this uh, Statcast page. Yeah. Uh, with Statcast, they do a really cool thing where they will compare like your profile, your batted ball profile, to other players uh, who had similar, you know, batted ball profiles, uh, and they'll they'll just list them out like, "Hey, this batted ball profile is similar to this guy's in this year." Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paredes's batted ball profile this year. You want to know what their closest comp is? Is it Gino? No, it's it's worse. Is it Teo? It's 2022 Colton Wong. Oh, oh, and ooh. keep in mind Colton Wong was 30, Paredes is 24. Oh, so oh no. Do, do you want to take another shot on Colton Wong, like from the right side? You're you're becoming that guy in the YouTube comments. Oh, it's Colton Wong 2.0. <laughs> Oh, I'm just saying it, it, it sticks out when like their yeah, similarity yeah, yeah. score, the yeah. number one is yeah. 2022 Colton Wong. Yeah, that's, who that's... I bought big. Like, yeah, I, yep, I thought yep. Colton Wong was going to be at least a league average bat. I mean, why wouldn't I? Yeah. And then he came to Seattle and ooh, hoo, hoo. now yeah. that's different. I, they're not the same player. I'm not trying to say they are, but I'm just pointing out that that profile, when you look at the X Woba, X batting average, ev- uh, average exit velo, sweet spot, hard hit, like, if your closest comp is 2022 Colton Wong, like that's got to give you some pause. Also side note on, on Paredes, he's about an average defender at third. Um, right. Interestingly enough, the range uh, factor is that he is terrible to his glove side, just awful, mm. which doesn't pair all that well because JP doesn't have amazing range either. Yeah. So JP's, he's he's JP's great going towards really, third. Yeah. So he's got a great backhand, but he, when he starts running towards JP, like that, uh, yeah. you're better off having Urias there because Urias is better range. Uh, so, uh, not not a slam dunk of a fit as some people seem to think. I have legitimate concerns about his, uh, you Agreed. know, his his profile essentially and how that plays at T-Mobile specifically. 
Yeah. I, he's 24. He's so. 24. Do the Mariners think he can be better? Because that's a legitimate thing. Like, do the Mariners think they can make uh, Luis Urias better? Yeah. Could they? Yeah. That's definitely a well, possibility. Could they do that with Paredes? Well, Colby, the, the solution here is just you, you get him to driveline, they wave the magic wand, and he's fixed. How do I? You're listening you? to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. That brings us to our final topic of the day. Ty France began his training over at driveline. He uh, got his assessment done yesterday. There was a video uh, that came out um, of him doing his assessment of them. Uh, hooking him up to the motion capture stuff and all that and him taking some swings. I thought it was really funny that the uh, <laughs> that the one swing they showed that had the that they showed the the screen of the tracker is a ball that died at the warning track at Timo. <laughs> um but yeah, so we all know what driveline was able to help JP accomplish this past year. He was able to add some bat speed. They built from a really sound foundation that that JP had and were really able to tap into some more power there and all that. And he really, really took to the adjustments that they um, that they offered to him, right? And that's the key, right? Driveline just, they don't magically fix hitters, right? Hitters have to actually adapt to the adjustments that driveline suggests, right? Driveline does the assessment. And then they craft a plan from that point forward, essentially. And so at that point, it's up to the player whether or not he you know, follows that plan. Right? And he can execute it. Or if he can execute it. And it's up to him to also carry that over into spring training, into the season when he is away from driveline, when he is with the organization, when he is under the impression of the organization, of the hitting strategists there and the hitting coaches there. So um yeah, so <laughs> this is, uh, I want to make it very clear. Very excited for Ty that, um, and I'm, I, I'm, and everyone should be excited that Ty is making a concerted effort to try and fix the issues that plagued him this past year. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely really, 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 really cool. But there is definitely a misconception going around the fan base that Driveline is this magical fantasy land where everyone suddenly becomes a 300 hitter. <laughs> doesn't doesn't work like that it, it does not work like that so yeah so hopefully they're able to do you know ty is is able to to take to their adjustments that they've suggested to him and he's able to find very similar success to what jp had this past year but definitely no guarantee of that and i've seen far too many people on social media say well now that ty's going to driveline you can't move on from him you definitely can't upgrade over him like driveline, let's make this very clear. Driveline should not stop the Mariners whatsoever from looking into the possibility of upgrading over Ty France. Will they actually do that? Is that actually possible? Maybe not. We'll see. But it shouldn't stop them from doing that. No. Um, you know, folks at Driveline do great work. You know, there, yeah. there's a reason why so many pros and and you know high-end college athletes use them and trust them and go to them. They don't have a hundred percent success rate. Not everybody who goes to driveline has had a career year, right? And that's right. not their fault. Nobody's questioning their their input and, and how much they've helped some guys. But at the end of the day, it's on Ty France. And if Ty France can't execute what these guys are suggesting, or if Ty France 
doesn't like it, doesn't feel, doesn't feel good about it, mm-hmm. then it's not going to make a difference. And even if Ty France can execute everything they suggest, maybe they're just wrong. Maybe their idea is wrong for, for France and any struggles again. So yeah, it, it's, it's good that Ty's putting in the work. Uh, I don't think any of us ever doubted that he would, but yep. uh, obviously it's better that he's going, you know, outside and, and he's trying to find, you know, a solution to his problems, but he hasn't found it yet. He's attempting something. And until he hits like we know he can for a sustained period of time, we don't know if driveline helped or not. We don't, we're not going to know in April. We're not going to know in May. We're probably looking at, you know, Ty France being what he's been for most of his career, 270, 340, 450. If he's doing that and we're midway through June, even that, like, is that driveline or is that just Ty getting back to who he's pretty much always been? Like, I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, You know, obviously rooting for Ty. He's uh, seems like a great dude and uh, a lot better than the Ty I have to talk to every day. So that's that's the key right there. He's much better at baseball than I am. If this doesn't work out for for France, then he can replace Ty and it'll still be Ty and Colby on Locked On Mariners, just, you know, a better one. But uh, right. Right. Yeah. The only Uh, thing that I ask is that he still says Ahoy Sailors. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. he definitely seems like the guy who would. Oh, yeah, he would. He would. Yeah, he would 100%. He, I feel like he would show up on day one dressed like Jack Sparrow. <laughs> so, so, you know, dedicated. But right. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Honestly, By the way, great opportunity to say, Ty France, come on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, come on the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm rooting for Ty. You know, I, I, I know that uh, I bashed him pretty good last year, rightfully so, because he was awful. Um but obviously I, I want him to succeed because a, it makes my right. baseball team better and B Ty France is a good dude. Uh, yeah, I like so I, I, yeah, I want him to succeed. Uh, but well, and good Ty France he, is a he, lot of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. When he's, yeah. Good Ty France is very fun. Uh, yeah. not running the bases or anything, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, that's the other thing, right? Driveline won't be able to fix that. <laughs> no. So maybe we'll cut well, out some of the double plays, but base running. Nope. 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 But uh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's taken this. It's just step one, though. This isn't journey complete. Yep. He's an all-star again. This is, here's day one of step one of a long journey. And ultimately, it lands on Ty. It's not about driveline. It's about France making the the adjustments that he needs to, uh, you know, whether they're suggested by driveline or not. Yeah. So totally cool to be excited about Ty, that he's putting the work in and all that stuff. I'm not saying that you guys shouldn't be, but yeah maybe chill on the whole like he's fixed and we can't move on from him and all that stuff so yeah yeah (laughs) all right that's gonna do it for our show thank you so much for joining us here on the locked on mariners podcast for colby patnode i'm Titan gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore mariners you can follow me at dan gonzalez it's d-a-n-e-g-n-z-l-z and colby at cpat11 that's c-p-a-t-1-1 you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode and thank you again for making us your first listen have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you next time peace